Our scripture reading for this morning will come from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 13, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Therefore, prepare your mind for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also. In all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass, the grass withers. And the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. How would a TV series go over today entitled, Father Knows Best? Our society would be outraged, wouldn't it? They'd call it sexist, patriarchal, male-dominating, and an affront to feminism. But are you old enough to remember that there actually was a TV series called Father Knows Best from 1954 to 1960, starring Robert Young and Jane Wyatt? Father Knows Best is true, isn't it? Do you call God your father? Peter asks, or makes this statement in verse 17, if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. God the Father. It's not just a title, is it? Do you see God as your authority? What Peter is saying is, if God is recognized by you as being your father, you must be obedient to him. You must be submissive 
to his will. May I call you father, may I call you friend, I've heard you, Jesus, I've heard you with my sin. Father, please forgive me, I am young and can't survive without the peace of mind that only you provide. Please forgive. Speaking of fathers in general, sadly in our nation, many are without fathers in the home. By choice, if not by design. Even the simplest of God's social constructions father and a mother, in order to have children, a family, we have chosen to ignore, and it's not getting better, is it? Children are often purposely brought into this world without a father's presence. And yet, the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, that fathers are responsible for nurturing and training their children in the admonition of, of the Lord. You see, God would still be our Father. That authority passing down through earthly fathers who are committed to Him. I don't know how long it's been since you have read Ezekiel chapter 16. I chose to read it again this week, and it's not an easy read. I would encourage you sometime this week to go to Ezekiel 16. But it speaks of a, a man who is walking on a path. And, of course, Ezekiel prophesies during the Babylonian captivity. And the imagery that is portrayed in this chapter is very graphic. And it is indicative of a father adopting an abandoned baby. Raising that baby and then marrying her, that is a little bit sensitive to us to think of the father also becoming the husband, but marrying her and then that child, ungrateful as she is, goes into whoredom. I said it was graphic. Redeemed from futility, this man walking along the path sees this abandoned baby still covered in its afterbirth and takes her home and nurtures her, and raises her from sweltering on the path to salvation. God loves us like that. It is totally undeserved on our part. And yet He cares. Do you call Him Father? If you don't, then you are certainly of questionable parentage. Because God is our Creator. He's made each one of us. And he calls out to each and every one. Peter will say later on, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So as we get to this last half of First uh, Peter chapter 1, we see Peter laying the foundation for a mindset. What is, how did it begin in verse 13? Therefore prepare your minds for action. A mindset that should be found in every child of God. 
knowing that Father knows best, that His way is the right way. Do you look like your Father? Do you have any of His mannerisms? Blessed are the earthly children whose fathers are in the Lord, who take seriously their obligation to train up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. God says we are to be holy as his children because our Father is holy. That particular phrase is found several times in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus. It's found in Leviticus 11.44. Here I'll read 19 and verse 2. Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy for I, the Lord, God, am holy. It's also found in chapter 20 of Leviticus, verse 7. This was God's command through Moses to his children, the children of Israel. Now, as we said in Ezekiel 16, they don't follow through. They tend to fall away because they are in captivity, as Ezekiel pins those words in 550, almost a thousand years after the time of Moses. But as long as Israel walked with the Lord, they were a mighty nation, weren't they? I heard on the TV this morning a a comment that I plugged into my lesson. They weren't talking about God and they weren't talking about his word. But they said this, a nation will drift when not moored to truth. Oh, that's so true. We are adrift as a nation, aren't we? Our sole problem is that we have rejected God in our teaching, in our education, in our upbringing of our children. Father knows best, and we have said no, not so much. History is replete with nations rising only to fall. When righteousness is forsaken, societies necessarily digress into selfishness and crime when God is ignored. Do you think we understand that as a nation, the United States of America? Our forefathers did. Even yet, I'm not for sure how long it will be, but even yet, on our Dollar bill and coinage is one nation under God. To be holy is important. Yes, because God requires it. You shall be holy for I am holy. But it is what's best for us. When we walk away from that, we are no longer anchored. We're susceptible to every wind of doctrine to every I-want-to-be leader or authority with no standard, no foundation. Turn with me to hymn number 627. 627. to be holy speak oft with thy Lord abide in him always and feed on his word make 
make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing His blessing to seek. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. Abiding in Jesus, like Him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct His likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, let him be thy guide, and run not before him whatever be tied, in joy or in sorrow still follow thy Lord. Looking to Jesus, still trust in His Word. Take time to be holy, be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath His control. Thus led by His Spirit to fountains of love, Thou soon shalt be fitted for service above. It does have to be intentional. Take time. To be holy. Peter emphasized the temporariness of our existence here in this world. In the last part of verse 17, he says, Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Uh, you've had uh, places where you're just passing through. Maybe it's an airport terminal, a union station. You're not there for that long. You're waiting for your next ride out. He's talked about that, hadn't he? Here we are, but straying pilgrims. We are to remember that this world is not our home. Conduct yourselves in holiness during the short time implied that you're here on earth because you've got an eternity to reap the benefits of being holy as your Father who created you as holy or being punished. I have written out on the marquee a, a rather strong, I think, statement. Ungodliness defined. And then on the other side, by definition, what is ungodliness? Condoning what God condemns. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. For some reason, uh, man has pacified his conscience by saying it doesn't really matter what the Bible says as long as you're sincere. Well... 
you can be sincerely wrong. It is the height of hypocrisy to say that one follows God and then not to do it. Ungodliness defined condoning what God condemns. And then I have this verse rather than a First Peter passage, but I thought that if someone was driving by and they needed some reference for how do you get to that conclusion that not doing what God tells you to is ungodliness, I have 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So far, so good. That makes sense. Unrighteous, the ungodly, are not going to be in heaven. It's what follows next. And I want you to think of how many things listed in what comes now by definition as being unrighteous and thereby ungodly. How many of these lifestyles and activities are accepted currently by our society, this one nation under God. I'll start again, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that almost sounds like an Old Testament passage, doesn't it? Sounds like something that could be in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit murder. Honor your father and your mother. Wow. What have we done? As a people, sadly, what is happening even within the church? The psalmist says this in Psalm 33 and verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed, certainly, are the people who follow God. And that is intentional. We are blessed when we follow truth. We are anchored Throughout the storms of life, we do have a purpose, a foundation to build upon. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, as we've stated in Ephesians 6, 4. Father knows best, and we are to carry that through in the training and the bringing up of our children I've actually heard parents say, well, I don't want to prejudice my child, so I'm not going to teach them. I'm going to let them choose what they feel is best. Really? Is that how we treat their clothing and their diet? Their security? Oh, just throw them out there on the path and let them squirm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually had a young lady who was a friend of mine as she was deciding that she was about to go into the world and walk that way. She said, I'm tired of people telling me what to do. I've had it all my life. From now on, I'm going to do what I want to do. And she did. She left her husband. She left her Lord. Father knows best. It's not a matter 
of simply being subservient. It's a matter of understanding that blessed is the nation, blessed is the people, blessed is the individual whose God is the Lord. Do you look like your father? Tell them, you shall be holy for I am holy. Our God is an awesome God, isn't he? If we are smart enough to see it, he's not trying to prevent us from having fun. He's not trying to restrict us from being independent in our thinking. He is laying the groundwork for what is life itself. Because the wages of sin, Paul says in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord because you walk outside his counsel, his will. You'll pay the price. The wages of sin is death. It's evident all around us as we walk away from authority, specifically God's authority. Selfishness and crime runs rampant when God is ignored. There must have been some of this uh, philosophy in the early church. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, he says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 1 of Romans chapter 6. God forbid. Verse 2. How can we who have died to sin live any longer therein? We have been born anew. Peter says here in the last part of this chapter, not of perishable seed, not like the grass and the flowers that wither and fade away, but we have been born again of that which is imperishable by, by the blood of Christ, verse 19, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. It was always God's plan. Verse 20, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. We saw that in verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God. We saw it again last week in verses 11 and 12, through 12, that as the prophets prophesied of the grace that was to be ours. It's always been God's plan. Look again at verse 19. But with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. It's a special, special opportunity that God gives us to be born into his family through his precious son's blood. What a gift. As undeserving as that abandoned child on the pathway in Ezekiel 16. And yet that's God's desire, that none should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of him, so that they might, we might enjoy. Verse 23, for you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. Words matter, don't they? In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. And then that Word is defined, verse 14. And the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. Peter, later on in this same letter, chapter 2, says, of Christians, and it sounds almost like he's talking to an Israelite nation. Verse 9, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, we are saved from our sins, but it's for a reason. Shall we continue in sin? No. Heaven forbid. We die to that. We've been born anew, raised in Christ Jesus. And what Peter is going to begin to detail is how that transformation is made evident in our lives. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. We begin to treat each other differently with love. With honor. Look at verse 20. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. And then that manifests itself in my relationships, in my actions, in my interactions with you. Tell me, a nation built upon God's principles would not be blessed. Oh, we have lost our way, haven't we, as a people? Pray that it doesn't happen to his church because we won't remain his church if it does. The children of Israel were in captivity. The final two tribes that remained of the children of Israel during the prophecies of Ezekiel and Daniel under 70 years of punishment. God has such plans for his children, but he will not suffer disobedience that is unrepented of. What shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive that blessed marking by the Holy Spirit being designated as a child of God worthy of inheritance. Imagine throwing your very hope of heaven away. Imagine refusing to teach that way to get to heaven to your children. Imagine rejecting reconciliation to the Creator. Imagine willfully practicing unrighteousness. Ungodliness defined condoning what God condemns. Father knows best. He is not willing that any should perish. He would pick you up from the path, embrace you, and call you his own. If you would be born anew by the living and abiding word of God.